Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome back to the Statman Dave Football Podcast. This is episode five. The podcast is available on YouTube, Acast, and will be available on iTunes come the weekend. Anyway, this podcast runs from Monday to Friday. Saturday and Sunday, I have a little bit of a time off and watch some more football to give you guys some great analysis, some great stats, and of course, some tactical breakdowns. Anyway, on today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit of news, then go into a bit of Saltetien. Then we're going to follow up with your questions sent in on Twitter and finish off with a little bit of uh, iteration and review talk to improve this podcast for you guys, the listeners or the viewers. But anyway, let's get this party started. So, first up, I think with the news, we've got to talk about Arsene Wenger, who revealed today that he will decide his future at Arsenal in April. He's going to stay in management, but whether it's Arsenal is the other question. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk around Arsenal fan TV, a lot of Arsenal fans you know, turning their back on poor old Arsene Wenger, who has done a lot for their club. In terms of support, Conte is a guy that's come out and supported Arsene Wenger, saying, I've got great respect for Arsene Wenger, the man, the manager. He's one of the best in the world. Don't forget the job he has already done. And that is a great thing to sort of focus on for Arsenal fans. Wenger's really evolved your football club and really progressed uh, you, but potentially it could be time to move on. We saw again tactically in the Champions League a little bit inept. In terms of um, the fallout from the Bayern Munich game, the uh, Zeiter, uh, a German newspaper, paper, pretty decent headline, Bayern versus Arsenal 5-1. Finally, Arsenal play like Barcelona. And that is, of course, in reference to Bayern Munich's destruction of Barcelona in the Champions League in 2012-13. Moving on to Meza Ozil, his agent has come out and said, um, defending the, the attacking midfielder, saying, Bayern had 78 possession. How come someone playing in the number 10 position create chances if you don't have the ball? That is a fair point, but if you look at Meza Ozil's best football, for me, it came at Real Madrid under Jose Mourinho, where Real Madrid played on the counter-attack and sometimes didn't have the ball. Potentially, you've got to blame Mezit for his positioning off the ball in terms of him orchestrating the counter-attacks. Not good enough against Bayern Munich at all. Moving on, thousands of Chileans protest uh, against <laughs> Alexis Sanchez staying at Arsenal, wanting them to ditch the club and move on elsewhere. They are pretty crazy over in Chile, but fair play to the lads getting out in force and lasses, of course. Finally, let's touch on a little bit of German news. Dahoud is rumoured to be moving to BVB Borussia Dortmund for around €10 million, Euros, which would be an absolute steal. I watched quite a lot of uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach last season with Xhaka and Dahoud in central midfield. 
For me, Dahoud was the man that stood out. Dahoud was the guy that was controlling the tempo, being the guy in the final third, and arguably was outplaying uh, Zaka in every single game that I watched. So, to Dortmund for €10 million, Euros, wow. They've already got so much talent there. Julian Weigl, Dahoud, that midfield pairing has just got disgusting written all over it. And of course, Gareth Braille, finally touching on a little bit in Madrid, is back in the squad for Real Madrid's game against Espanyol tomorrow after four months out without injury. Great to see him back, because for me, he was Real Madrid's best player at the start of the season. He's the guy driving, creating, and being the main sort of playmaker in that final third. But we did see, as I mentioned yesterday, Ronaldo sort of stepping up and doing that in the Champions League against Napoli. Make sure if you've not checked out yesterday's episode, jump over there after you've listened to this one to check it out. And finally, let's finish on a little stat. Since 2006, every club that's beaten Barca in the Champions League has ended up reaching the final. So that is good news for PSG. Talking of PSG, let's go to France. Well, let's not actually go to France. Let's go to the French club that came to England to play Manchester United at Old Trafford. Let's go. That was a bit quick. Sorry, guys. Sometimes I get a little bit excited. Before we move on, though, let's talk soft rigs. So at the moment, I am a big fan of Rio. I've tweeted about it. I want to try and sign a deal with those guys. If they can get me some Rio to drink during the day, that would be absolutely ecstatic. But maybe tweet me. What's your favourite soft drink? Fanta lemon? Maybe a bit of Coke? What about Lil? I'm a big fan of Lil. I like me uh, tropical drinks, to be quite precise. But anyway, I think it's time to talk about football. Quit talking about rubbish, Dave. Sorry, guys. Big drop-off right there, probably. But anyway, cheers. Rio out. Right. Manchester United 3... Sont Etienne, nil. A hat-trick from Zlatan Ibrahimovic, or should we say a Zlatrick. That was disgusting from Manchester United on social media. Sort yourselves out. Jesus, you get paid probably a hell of a lot of money to run that, and that was rubbish. But Zlatan's performance was not rubbish. This season, in all competitions, Zlatan Ibrahimovic has been absolutely incredible. In 35 games, he scored 23 goals, 6 assists, and of course that one hat-trick that he scored against Sont Etienne last night. In terms of Manchester United, they set up in midfield um, with a three-man midfield. They went, but they reverted back to the 4-3-3 with Ander Herrera holding in midfield, Paul Pogba on the left-hand side, and Maron Flaney on the right-hand side. Juan Mata on the right wing, and of course Anthony Martial on the left wing. The dish didn't suit the game. It didn't suit that game that United sort of played last night. Those players, they were too slow and, and cumbersome on the ball, and possession was too sloppy. In the first half, um, Maron Fellaini was just too slow, too sideways with the ball. It just sort of killed United's attacks and was rightfully substituted at half-time uh, with Juan Mata moving into attacking midfield. But that didn't really help United. And they were sluggish and they were so poor. And they just didn't change it until the pace came on, until Marcus Rashford entered the field. And Ra- Rashford really changed the game again. It's not the first time he's done it this season, but his pace and directness really catches some teams out and his run that led to the, the second goal that put United in a more comfortable position and the players looked a bit freer after that goal was after about 77 minutes and I thought United were dreadful. Dreadful from the, the you know the start of the game all the way up to the till Rashford came on and the, the pace was added. It was something that Mourinho maybe could have done better tactically, could have analysed Saint-Etienne because they were quite explosive going forward but they committed a lot of men. So there were so many gaps for the space. Obviously Anthony Martial with two runs, one of them from inside his own half, he beat three players um, and then just dragged a shot wide. Fantastic run from Anthony Martial but that was the space that United failed to exploit um, until the moment that Rashford came on. It was something that Mourinho potentially away at Saint-Etienne could go with um, 
Ibrahimovic through the middle one side uh, played Jess Lingard one side Marcus Rashford because that pace really troubled them especially on that counter attack until that moment United were very very poor especially in central midfield not the correct game for Maron Fellaini I like Maron Fellaini in certain games he's a good target man if you want to pump the ball to him he's a half decent defensive midfielder if you just want him to kill in front of the back four but this game where United needed to be quick in midfield just didn't suit him and it kind of hampered Hander Herrera's passing as well he was playing forward to her, um, Fellaini but Fellaini wasn't moving the attack on but Paul Pogba, again, had a pretty decent game. Uh, there were a few balls that he played over the top to the likes of um, Juan Mata, who should have scored, and Anthony Martial, two players that um, are yeah, sort of doing quite well coming off the flanks and running in this season, but should have done a bit better with those two chances. But going back to Zlatman, he was the man that really won the game for Manchester United. His three goals were pretty much all Zlatan from which You think of the free kick, he won the free kick. A little bit of a dodgy free kick, a few deflections here. Keeper gets this foot uh, sort of pushed off his feet, and it goes in. But, you know, Zlatan won that free kick. He used his body great. I'd potentially say it was a free kick to Saint-Etienne, but fair play to Zlatan using his body and sort of conning the official into getting the free kick and then taking it. You know, you move to the goal that he scored. Rashford, a brilliant bit of a, a driving run, injection of pace into the United team that was flat before that. Um, you know, a cross shot and then Zlatan tapping it in. But again, using his experience, understanding where the ball's going to drop and just simply putting it in the back of the net. And the penalty, again, you know, he won it. Brilliant bit of play. Another bit of hold-up play. A little push in the pack. Flops over. Uh, game over Manchester United 3-0. Hopefully killing the clash. But it's one of those things where Zlatan has proved the media wrong. He's not proved me wrong. He's proved me completely right. Because I looked at Zlatan last season. Did some analysis on him. And thought, bang, he's going to destroy the Premier League. His game isn't built on his um, you know, pace that potentially would be dropping at 35. It was all about his raw finishing, his positioning, and how he was putting the ball into the back of the net. And we've seen that this season. So Adam Boltwood, sorry buddy, you're going to get some blonde hair. Because I've got a you know, bet with him that he thought that Zlatan wouldn't score um, 20 Premier League goals or more. Because he was playing farmers in France, and it's easy in France. But now he's playing English farmers and he's doing the same thing. So unfortunately, Adam, you're going to have some blonde hair. So if you want to tweet at Adam Boltwood... Um, Tweet him some abuse, some sort of uh, joke about blondness and him turning to be blonde. That would be great. Cheers. Thanks a lot. And then moving on to another good performance from last night. I thought Eric Bailly has uh, returned from the African Cup of Nations. has been fantastic. And again, I thought he was very, very good against Saint-Etienne. There were three moments in the game where he just made the correct decision um, in a defensive sense. Kept on getting caught out. United kept on getting caught out with the Saint-Etienne pace up front. Um, the two strikers, Savant and uh, Haruma, Played very, very well. They drifted into the, the channels very well. But Eric Bay was the guy that kept on making, kept on winning his 50-50s, kept on making the right decision, you know, winning the ball, blocking the shots, putting the ball out for corners. And it was a great performance from the Ivory Coast International. And in terms of centre-back pairing, again, I mentioned it before, I'd quite like to see Rojo and Bay in the future for Manchester United. The Spanish connections there, both can speak Spanish. Bay obviously adjusting to life in England, learning English. So it could be quite a nice thing with David De Gea, Rojo, uh, Valencia and Bay all speaking Spanish and potentially Daily Blind or Luke Shaw could do some classes and we'll have a whole Spanish speaking back four. That could cost some, uh, you know, catch some opposition strikers out. But that's probably about it from the Sonteti and Manchester United game. They didn't play well, but they got the three points. Credit to Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So I think it's only time now for the questions that you guys sent in on Twitter. So, first up, we've got a question from Ryan. Where Dahoud at? First up, Dahoud, what a player. We spoke about him in the little news section. Talented, ball-playing, central midfielder. 
He's got some sort of chavy characteristics about him, not just his shape of his body, but the way he uses the ball. He's going to be perfect for Borussia Dortmund if he moves there. Maybe moving on to his question, go in depth on the importance of Philip Coutinho in Liverpool's leeway-orientated counter-pressing system, and is he world-class? First up, let's talk about the world-class element. Philip Coutinho currently isn't world-class. He's put in some world-class performance, but doesn't consistently play on a world-class level, and for me, that's the difference between um, a player that's very, very good, that's an excellent footballer in Philip Coutinho, and someone that is world class Lionel Messi Cristiano Ronaldo that's performing on a consistent level in terms of his um importance in the pressing I think Sado Mane is far more important in Liverpool's press and Adam Lallana Mane is the guy that's leading the first line uh, the, the front three and then uh, Lallana's the guy leading the next three the midfield three in terms of the press and they're both are very aggressive more aggressive than Coutinho Coutinho's importance in this Liverpool team comes in an attacking sense in the first few games of the season he registered five assists and um, three goals and have been directly involved in something like 42 One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why United Healthcare offers flexible budget friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market percent of Liverpool's goals in the Prem before his injury um, and he was doing some really nice stuff what I liked about the Liverpool three was how they were moving to sort of a diamond shape where Coutinho would come inside um, and sort of drop behind Mane who drifted inside to become a striker and Firmino and it looked like a, a diamond in, in midfield and you go back to the Sir Alex Ferguson in the sort of latter days of his United career he kept on talking about how the diamond in football is starting to become something of great importance hence the signing of Shinji Kagawa hence the use of Wayne Rooney in a diamond in games you know think of the Newcastle game that's one that strengths uh, the jumps to mind where United dominated that game and then creating that diamond gives um, both the player in possession at the, the tip of the diamond and the two strikers a lot of avenue to manoeuvre a lot of positions that they can take up it's great fluidity not just in that as well but you can create different diamonds you know you can create a diamond where Mane pulls out wide hugs the right touchline Firmino still stays, stays central and then Coutinho can just drift into the inside right channel creating another diamond great passing options um, great opportunity to pin centre backs back with the, the runners that you know the two strikers or the two attacking players and also you know opens it up to, for Coutinho to shoot but he was phenomenal in, in Liverpool's attack not, not necessarily their press but their attack but he is decent in the offensive sense does work hard but I think Mane's more of the trigger, Lalana's more the trigger in those two um, units, the midfield and the attack. Moving on into to at uh, Toy Joe HS's question: What do you think of Jorginho as a potential carrot replacement? Jorginho is a very very talented central midfielder of uh, Brazilian origin, um, but potentially I think he's going to play for Italy. Uh, very technically gifted, good at moving the ball. Um, 
but for me, doesn't really suit Manchester United. I think he'd be a good Carrick replacement if United wanted someone like Michael Carrick. I think it'd be a good replacement there. But I feel like with Mourinho, the side needs to move on and there needs to be a bit more physicality in that zone. If Paul Pogba is going to play central midfield, you need someone that can do sort of two jobs. Um, you know, win the ball and recycle. So you need someone a bit more aggressive, a bit more physical, someone... You know, like Wanyama, like William Carvalho, someone that can win tackles. But anyway, I think we're going to talk about that on Tuesday. Uh, the ideal replacement for Michael Carrick, for me, we're going to talk about on Tuesday's podcast. So make sure, uh, if you support Manchester United, or if you're just interested in finding out who I think um, United should replace Michael Carrick with, make sure you get involved on Tuesday for transfer talk. But Jorginho, I think it'd suit someone like Barcelona a bit better. He uses the ball so well. Uh, only Hamzik has completed more passes in Syria than the uh, Napoli midfielder. But supremely talented, works the ball very well. Again, if you've not che- checked out Napoli this season, go and watch them. Uh, Nick Morales, um, you know, a great guy. He kind of summed them up quite well. They're sort of like a team that plays... Uh, it's like a team that you're playing with a PlayStation with in terms of how they use the ball and whatever. So yeah, Jorginho, maybe not the, the correct one for Manchester United, but a good replacement if you're going for like for like for Carrick, but I don't think that's going to go. Anyway, moving on to Luke Mann's question. Who do you think you're not, Who do you think will leave Manchester United in the summer? Uh, three names just to bang off the top of my head. I think it'll be Ashley Young will be showing the door. Um, you know, was rumoured to be moving in Jan. Schweinsteiger will be moved on. And then... Potentially, you're looking at someone like Darmian, uh, not really working out at Manchester United under LVG or under Jose Mourinho. I think players like Fellaini may see out another season at Manchester United, uh, just because of their, their tactical variation. But yeah, those three are definitely going to leave. So we've got uh, Ashley Young, Bastian Schweinsteiger, and of course, Matteo Darmian. So moving on to uh, AK Shea Cadm's question. Uh, with Christensen coming back, to Chelsea, um, how do you see the back three lining up? So Christensen has been at Borussia Mönchengladbach, a team that I was a big fan of. I'm watching too much this season because I'm more on the Red Bull Leipzig hype this year in, in the in, Dor- in the Bundesliga. Who are actually playing Gladbach this weekend, so I probably might check that out. But yeah, he's a, a good defender. He's matured very, very well. And with um, Gladbach after obviously after Dante left and joined Bayern Munich there there was a bit of a gap there the loan move for Christiansen comes in and you know a few seasons later he's seen as one of the best defenders in the Bundesliga and I was a bit surprised that Chelsea didn't keep him if they were going to go to this back three system before the signing of David Luiz Christensen in terms of his uh, ability to read the play and play out from the back would have been perfect would have been the perfect David Luiz replacement in terms of how Chelsea are going to line up next year uh, I think Aspilicueta right centre back that position is locked down I think David Luiz in the middle absolutely locked down but Gary Cahill's position uh, could be one where it's sort of two young players. You've got Kurt Zuma, who was absolutely awesome uh, in spells under Jose Mourinho and um, Christensen. They're sort of competing for that role, but with the likes of Louise going out injured, potentially, or Aspil Equator, Christensen definitely has um, potential to get into this Chelsea team. But how I feel Chelsea might use him is they might just sell him on. Obviously, this great Chelsea, well, not great Chelsea model, interesting model where they sign young players and then they sell them on for cup price, the likes of Lukaku, De Bruyne. They've seen mistakes before. For me, Christensen selling him would be one of those mistakes because he's going to be a top, top defender in the future. Over to Fernando's question Undead Sheeps. Interesting Twitter handle. Who do you think will win the Champions League? Well, I think Bayern Munich. Um, a lot of the things I said yesterday, why Bayern Munich are going to win the Champions League. One, Thiago is so good. Well, he's been so good playing this sort of central midfield um, role for Bayern Munich, controlling the tempo, playing the ball wide. Lewandowski, one of the best forwards in world football. We're going to be seeing more out of him with Carlo Ancelotti's slightly more direct style than Pep Guardiola. The wingers, the fullbacks are now involved. So for me, it's definitely Bayern Munich are winning the Champions League. Potentially a Munich. PSG final. 
My dark horses would be Juventus. Um, I talked about Juventus on Monday again. Sorry, plugging another podcast, but Monday's podcast, I go in depth to Juventus, talk about their new system under uh, Allegri. So make sure you go and jump on that. Moving on, uh, Harry uh, H.J. Cornish, a uh, great friend of the front three, asks, who's the least rubbish um, mainstream TV pundit in your opinion? Well, I'm a big fan of Gary Neville. I think his analysis uh, is fantastic. I quite like what Jamie Carragher has done in the past. I'm a big fan of Danny Higginbottom. So there's some good guys out there. You know, there is a lot of rubbish. Uh, Dean Saunders is one that stepped out of, B, of the, the frame yesterday and said Arsenal should have played a 5 Two four formation against Bayern Munich. Wait a minute, though. No, that's so that means there'd be twelve players on the pitch. Maybe I'll, I'll give FIFA a call and see if that that's okay for Arsenal, just because they did get that hammered by Bayern that they need an extra guy. But great punditry, Dean. You know you got the systems thing down to an absolute T. Well played, buddy. And of course, of course, friend of the show, Paul Merson. Keep up the good work. Marco Silva's having a stinker at Hull City, which moves us nicely on to. Izzy C's question at IEC001 on Twitter. Who do you think will be getting relegated? So I'd love to see Hull City stay up just because yeah, Paul Merson will probably get sacked because he's rubbish. Um, that would be fantastic. But unfortunately, I kind of think they might get the drop. I think that Sunderland don't really have enough. I think Jermaine Defoe's goals might dry up under um, David Moyes. He's had a bad record with the strikers in the past and scoring goals feel like, unfortunately, Leicester City look like they are on the worst run. They're on one of those runs where you can just see a team just drop, 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 bang them in the relegation zone, and they've got no confidence, and I don't think they'll sack Ranieri, and I feel that they are going to go down. I also think Hull City, unfortunately, Marcus Silva's done some great work, but I don't know if they've got enough quality in depth to stay up this season, especially with Nias as and Abel Hernandez as their main strikers and goal-scoring threat. I don't know if that is good enough for Premier League survival. And let's finish off um, at, at B-O-U-S-T-R's question. You seem to be quite a Park Ji-sung fan. What do you think were his best qualities were? Well, Park Ji-sung, probably in my top three Manchester United players of all time. That list probably goes Darren Fletcher, number one, Park Ji-sung, number two, and then I'd say Wes Brown in at number three. Wes Brown, the best fullback in the 2007-8 season in the Champions League, was so good. Played centre-half against Bayern Munich as well. Adaptable in the semi-final. Was adaptable, was good, was aggressive. Um, did Ronaldo's defensive work for him with Darren Fletcher. Was so good. A phenom. Go and check it out in 2007-2008. Find a better fullback than that. Dani Alves would just, had just left Sevilla. Zambrotta was coming to the end of his career. That is a test for you guys. Go and t- tweet me at Statman Dave on Twitter for a better fullback than Wes Brown in 2007-2008 season. Anyway, moving on to Park Ji Sung, why what his best qualities were, what his work rate, his positioning, his tactical discipline. Park Ji Sung was a great asset for Sir Alex Ferguson because he would run very, very hard and he would nullify the opposition's strengths. For example, if we were playing left wing, if we were playing up against you know a right fullback that was good going forward, Park Ji Sung would just track him all day long, you know, give him um, no sort of break in his work rate, and that help United out in a system way where Park Ji Sung would work so hard on the on the say the if he's playing left wing on the right fullback, Ronaldo would probably play on the other side, so the system would sort of pivot over. Darren Fletcher would probably work out to that right wing and cover the right wing for Ronaldo to push on with Hargreaves, potentially someone like Paul Scholes, Michael Carrick in there. 
I'd pivot over and Parchi Sung would just give that tactical discipline that you need. But also in terms of great jobs he's done, you go back to the Champions League in 2011. I was in fact at the San Siro on one of Dave O'Brien's many European football tours with Manchester United. Um, I got to see Ronaldinho and David Beckham play for AC Milan, but United absolutely destroyed AC Milan that season. Um, and Parchi Sung did a job on Pirlo. Pirlo's a player like Michael Carrick. Coming to the end of his career, if you target him like Liverpool did in the Premier League against Michael Carrick, Adam Lallana did the same thing as Park Ji Sung, the Park Ji Sung role, you kill him. And what Park Ji Sung did in that game is he just sat on Pirlo and gave him no time, no space, it killed AC Milan's game. And that's what Park Ji Sung was so good at, was killing the opposition's strength. And that is why I absolutely love him, but very good on the counter-attack, was part of one of the greatest counter-attacking moves I've ever seen with, I think it was with Rooney and Cristiano Ronaldo. Fantastic counter-attack, and that is why I love Park Ji Sung. The work, just the passion, everything. There's that the three players I loved at United at that time was Carlos Tevez, Park Ji Sung, and Patrice Evra. Fortunately, I had to kill off my love for Carlos Tevez because he joined Manchester City, but he probably would have been number one of my favourite United players if he hadn't done that. But Darren Fletcher gets the top rank. But anyway, guys, just the last thing. I want to know whether you've enjoyed the podcast. Obviously, I, I've really enjoyed doing it. I hope that I've provided some good quality content and football chat. But yeah, if you could tweet me, um, jump in the comments on YouTube, Acast, jump in those comments and just uh, give me a little bit of feedback. Did you enjoy it? Do you think I should continue doing that? Is there anything that I could do that could make it better? It's all for you guys and I hope that you have enjoyed it because you guys are what makes me love doing what I am doing and that is football YouTube. So cheers. This is a thank you to you guys. Cheers with Aria. But anyway, guys, see you later. I've enjoyed doing this podcast as much as you guys have hopefully been watching it. Let's see. I'll see you on Monday where we're going to be talking some more football. See you later. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.